Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem, and this week on the show, we continue our exploration in the Sermon on the Mount. In our last episode, we talked about being a peacemaker, and we ended off with a cliffhanger, uh, just moving into what it means to be persecuted. So the next one is, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, there's some words in there that can be triggering for some folks, like righteousness and kingdom and heaven. And I want to be clear here that when it comes to language, I'm very interested in the etymology and these contemplative explorations of wisdom from multiple traditions. For me, is really all about getting underneath what's triggering about that, getting underneath the maybe like old language and trying to experience uh, through the contemplative awareness process and opening my heart and my mind. Uh, in doing so, can I sort of, uh, I don't want to say extract, but can I amplify, that's a good word, can I amplify the medicine that is in these profound teachings and then share it with everyone? So bear with me. This is going to be a great episode. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven right here on Revealing the Diamond. Before we get into the show, I just want to say if you love the show, please rate us, review us. If you want to support the show, uh, please share us with your friends. That's a great way to support the show. If you feel called to ever make a donation to the show, that's always an option. You can get me at tiagaprem at tiagaprem.com. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, I am broadcasting from our rooftop in San Pancho, Mexico. So there's always going to be you know, exciting noises and all of that. One of the things I love about being here in Mexico is that it's very lively. You know, there's roosters, there's chickens, there's kids, there's construction, there's animals, there's, you know, you name it. There's mariachi music. It's There's a lot of sound. There's a lot of life. And hey, life's for living. So here we are. Just imagine that you're here with me in the sun and uh, we're exploring some of these profound teachings like we are today on the show. Okay? Bless you. Okay, so last week on the show, we left off at this place where, you know, we were talking about how we acknowledge that there's corruption all around us. And, and, and that's a great thing. You know, pointing out the problem is the start of a rehabilitation, the start of a recovery, the start of a spiritual healing. The challenge, though, is if we get caught in, you know, becoming very good at pointing out the problems, we can... Um, sort of limit the healing process. Just imagine like there's 12 steps to healing, that kind of thing, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And the first one is acknowledging there's a problem. Well, that's a great start, but if we get stuck there, we get so focused on problems that there isn't any room for healing to take place, okay? So we acknowledge that there's a lot of problems out there, and then we go, you know, within and without both uh, to, you know create space for a healing to take place. And, and then in doing so, we can cultivate the capacity and the inner strength to love. And that comes from faith, a faith that has been strengthened by doubt. Part of the doubt process is like, look at all the problems in the world. How could there be a God that loves me? Or, or how can 
you know, humans really care about themselves? Or how could I forgive anyone when people have done all of these horrible things to me? Or whatever the story might be, you know, we've got to work through that. That's doubt. And, and in order to be a peacemaker, we need a faith that's strengthened by doubt. So I'm saying it's a part of the process to be challenged by pain, both personally and interpersonally. And then by working through the challenges with pain, we can start to learn to love beyond logic. And it's a process. It's a process. And in doing so, we can cultivate the um, compassion for someone who may be at that early stage in this process of becoming a peacemaker. We can have compassion for the one who is in actively engaged in pointing out how everybody's doing it wrong. And we can go, thank goodness that they're starting a healing journey instead of, oh my God, that person is so annoying, or they, you know, and just join in the negativity fest. Can we bring some PMA, <laughs> some positive mental attitude by having compassion for that person knowing that they're beginning a healing journey? Okay. And by us going through those challenges and working through the pain and working with the doubt, we can increase our capacity to serve, to create peace. Because this is increased by our ability to live in a world that does not make peace a priority. And then that leads us to the persecuted. When we are oppressed by greed, by racism, by many other forms of otherness, we are presented Yes, with pain and suffering and violence and blame and all of the things that come along with these awful aspects of being alive on the planet. But at the same time, we're being presented with an opportunity to love. And we might get it this time. And we might miss it and learn a lesson and try again. And we might, that lesson may go on and on and on throughout our lifetime. But this is what I mean when I say a love beyond logic. You've heard this, this saying, right, by listening to the show, love beyond logic. What it means is that logically, you know, according to the, the head brain, when we are harmed, we feel an impulsive reaction or the, an impulse to react, to strike back. If you hurt me, I hurt you. If you do that, I do this. If you do that, I do this. And the way that that cycle is broken is by meeting that with the opposite. Now, easier said than done, but a great example of this is, I don't know if anybody has read the book by uh, Valerie Kaur, See No Stranger. If you haven't, you've got to read this book. It is so inspiring. It was my top read of 2020. It continues to be one of my favorite books of all time by Valerie Kaur. This, when, when I say the words, you know, the persecuted, those who are persecuted uh, because of righteousness, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, just before we get into the Valerie Corps, I just want to deconstruct that for a second. Okay, so harm is done to you, even though you're doing your best to choose love. Okay, you're... When you hear righteousness, like we've, like I said in the intro, that can be triggering. Oh, righteous, that means that you're above. Or So we went in a previous episode, and we talked about how righteousness is about humility. And humility is a tricky thing, because sometimes we think humility means to be inferior. It's not that. It's to be in service of love. 
this whole process that we're talking about today of being a peacemaker, like you are striving to the best of your ability to bring love and peace into the world in the face of these awful aspects of humanity, greed, anger, violence, exploitation, all of these uh, corruption and government and religious organizations and all of this. I mean, the world is just wrought with all of this harm. And so you show up, you step into the arena, as uh, uh, Brene Brown would say, and then you get smacked down, suffered, persecuted, told you're wrong, um, many forms of violence, just... And what's being said here is that know that your commitment to doing that even in the face of all of that, yours is the kingdom of heaven. When you hear kingdom of heaven, you know you think, oh, a man and a place in the sky. I don't think that's what's being said here. I think when we talk about heaven, I think what's being said here is that each of us has the capacity to love because we are made by creator and creator is love. That's our nature. And when we choose that, even though so many of us are lost and confused, when we choose that, we bring that uh, part of ourselves, who we are, into this reality, despite all of the ego trip. You with me? So ego or devil or whatever it might be is telling you that you're other than, or you're not good enough, or you're superior to others. It plays on that and looks for weakness in you and in others. How can I exploit? How can I other? How can I? And it's, it's really a survival uh, mechanic, okay, mechanism. And so there is something healthy to that. We want to make sure that we're all eating and all of that. But we want to get a little deeper to the part of us that is one with God. That's love. So when we show up and we're persecuted and it's really hard and I'm doing my best to show up in love in, in times where it seems like maybe sometimes I'm the only one. Or it seems like sometimes what's the point? Or it seems like sometimes <coughs> I'm just going to be taken advantage of. Or it seems like, you know, whatever it might be. But when we show up, no matter what happens to us, Remember that you are actively participating in God's work of us here remembering who we are, which is what yoga is about, which is what spiritual practice is about, which is what recovery is about. It's about remembering who we are. Remembering who we are. Okay, so back to Valerie Kaur. She's written this incredible book. You've got to read it. It's called See No Stranger. I love it. She's so inspiring. She tells a story, I don't want to tell you too much in case you read the book, but she tells the story about a family friend and uncle who, after 9-11 in the United States, uh, you know, the first hate crime that takes place takes place in Arizona. And a Sikh man who is working at his gas station, his business in Arizona, this, you know, a family man. I won't get into too many details because I want you to read the book. But he is murdered by somebody who, to use her language, calls themselves patriot. 
And and this person really believes that they're being a hero, and they kill this Sikh man, thinking that he's a Muslim. Whether he's Muslim or not doesn't matter at all. Okay. He decides that he is going to be a hero and takes the life of a innocent person, father, you know, uncle, friend, member of the community, and it's awful. Talk about persecution. Okay? And the family is suffering. And, and the beautiful part of this story, please read the book, See No Stranger, great book. The beautiful part of this story is that the family that is left behind after this murder takes place instantly forgives the killer. And uh, Valerie Kaur, who this is an uncle of hers, and the son of the man who's been murdered, they decide that they want to have a conversation with this person. And so they set up to have a conversation. And they could say, you know, he should get the death penalty and he should pay and he should, <clears throat> I want justice now and all the things we do. But because of their religious, spiritual practice and the values taught within the Sikh faith, they make a decision that they're going to have a conversation with this person. And so they get on the phone with him while he's in prison and they have a conversation, and essentially they tell him that they forgive him, and they're very kind. And in the beginning, he's thinking of all the reasons why, you know, and, and you know, it was awful what happened to, to, to your uncle, but it's also awful what the Islamist extremists did to the Twin Towers and the blame that we're talking about. And they could easily go, well, he's not Muslim, and go play the blame game. But instead, they hear him out, they just listen, and then they tell him that they forgive him. And his shell cracks. And he says, when I die, if I get the opportunity to, to meet your uncle and your father to the son in heaven, I'll give him a hug and ask for his forgiveness. And you know what the son says about his murdered father? He says, that's not necessary. We've already forgiven you. That's heaven on earth. That experience is heaven on earth. That is one of the most severe forms of persecution that you can experience, the murder of your father. Innocent person, just for doing his job, and everything logical says, punish him, you know, he's wrong, we're right, how could you do this to me, a whole story. And in that, f the face of that kind of persecution, for righteousness, remember, to humble yourself, to open your heart, surrender the brain to the heart, and say, we've already forgiven you, that ushers in heaven on earth. That's the essence of what's being taught here. That's bringing the realm of God into its fruition. It's already here. It's who we are. We are made in the image of God. We are made in the image of love. But can we participate in that in the face of corruption and persecution and harm? Whew, it's hard work. But it's good work. And I'm here for it.
Are y'all here for it? All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know, this was a short and sweet one, but a poignant one. And uh, we'll get a we'll get a little deeper into it uh, next week. Um, if you love the show, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends. If you want to do some work with me, get at me at tiagoprem.com or email me, tiagoprem at tiagoprem.com. I want to really encourage you to become a member of The Living Room. The Living Room, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's a community space where we can exchange thoughts and ideas and practices and just be together. I do it as service for the community. So if you're a longtime listener or a new listener to the show and you really want to tap in to other folks who are committed to the same work, that's a great way to do it in the Reveal Living Room. I hope you have a great week and uh, lots of love. Go out there and be a peacemaker. Okay? Bless you.